0: For the uh, province four of the Episcopal Church, which is the southeast part of the church, uh, southeast part of our country, uh, it, was our, it was our pre-general convention gathering for all the deputations from all 20 dioceses um, in province 4. So there with a lot of people, a lot of people who've been to Christ Church, um, been to New Bern, um, and one person who had been to New Bern and didn't know where Christ Church was. What church are you at? And which always leads to what do you do in your church? What else do you do in your diocese? So, all that's going on, and I'm reading through the scriptures for today, and I realize there's a common question that's being asked. Question, common question in the Acts reading, common question in the Gospel reading, common question at our provincial synod meeting who are you? So, let's start with the Gospel reading. Who here goes fishing? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask Carl over here. I, I oh, I was just—it was my, me telling you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask Carl over here. Carl, if you go fishing all day and you come back and you've caught nothing, and someone said to you, "Did you fish off the right side of the boat?" Then you should try go back out and fish off the left side of the boat. Would you say, "Okay, I'm on it" and go back out, or would you say, "No, I'm good"? You would try anything. That's right. <laughs> well, well, maybe that's where the disciples were, too. They would try anything after having been out all night um, fishing. Um, so they so go do that. They go fish, and, and they see this figure on the shore and saying, try it from the other side of the boat. Me, I would be like, God, we have been out all night. Who's, who's this guy who's telling us? Okay, fine. So, maybe they're like Carl. They're willing to try anything. This is their livelihood anyway. So, they cast the the net on the other side, and suddenly, it is filled with fish. And then they remember. Simon Peter remembers first. And Simon Peter, one of the funniest moments in all of Scripture, right? Did you catch it when Lisa said it? Simon Peter put on his clothes to jump in the water and (laughs) swim to shore, um, which apparently... It was hot and um safety wasn't number one um so we're at john 21 with the disciples and if i misspell something just i'll tell you a story about how bad a speller i am c-i-p-l-e-s okay so we're at john 21 with the disciples they do not say who are you and the reason they don't say that is because they remember and if and I want you to remember that the Gospels are all one big picture told from multiple angles and multiple perspectives and multiple agendas, but they all tell one story. So even though this is from the 21st chapter of John, they remember something that happened that's recorded in the fifth chapter of Luke. I'm not going to ask you to tell the story, but, um, but the story goes that they were Jesus was teaching And he said, push out a little bit. And so they did. And he said, cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And at that point, Simon Peter and all the others rolled their eyes and said, we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. But if you say so, we will throw the nets on the other side. And they catch so many fish that another boat has to come and help them before they sink. And the other boat starts to sink too. So there's a haul of fish. Fish. And Simon Peter in Luke 5 looks at Jesus and says, get away from me for I am a sinful man. So when this happens, Simon Peter is the first one to remember What happened? Actually, the other disciple says it's the Lord, and Simon Peter goes rushing in because he's so excited about all of this because they remember the previous miracle of the fish. So then, what happens? What happens when they get to shore? Jesus says, "Give me some of that fish." And Jesus, presumably, he cleans it uh, and then starts cooking it over the fire, and he gives them fish. And what else does he give them? Bread. So they remember that Jesus took fish and bread and fed thousands upon thousands of people. And so they dared not say, they did not ask, Who are you? because they knew. They knew in that moment exactly who it was because they had been first hand witnesses. To all that Jesus had done. And we can talk about reconciliation. We can talk about all the other pieces of this beautiful scripture passage. But we're just going to focus on this right now. Because the other parallel... Let's see if I can do it over here. No, I'm going to do it down here. The other parallel is Saul. In Acts 9. Who does ask, Who are you, Lord? This is the same Saul, who just a chapter before signed off on, gave his thumbs up to the stoning of Stephen, who was the first deacon and the first martyr of the church. And so, the, in Acts eight, as Stephen is being driven out of the synagogue and being stoned, it says they they laid their feet they laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul then it says Saul approved of his killing. So a little while later, Saul is on the road to go arrest more people, right? And and he gets knocked off his horse according to Flannery O'Connor, great author. She said, I reckon the Lord knew that the only way to make a Christian out of that one was to knock him off his horse. Only um, There's no horse in the story. Uh, So let's keep that in mind. There's actually not a horse in the story. Um, But what there is, is there's the status quo. What there is, is a narrow view of God. Ooh, that's terrible. What there is is a narrow view of God. What there is is him trying to make God in his own image. Now, let's give Saul mad props, right? He he makes a 180. He turns around. He becomes, he becomes the one for whom, you know, the majority of our New Testament, he's the author of all of that. But in that moment, he has to say, who are you? Because what he had been doing was so far from... What Jesus had done and what Jesus had been calling people to that he didn't recognize That he was doing such damage to the very body of Christ And more importantly to the beloved community that Jesus had created He was doing damage to the children of God Because they were trying something new Because they they were seeing a new expression of God They were seeing ways to be Christian community that didn't fit with this, or ways to be a community of God, that didn't fit with this one view. They were welcoming in people who otherwise might not have been welcomed. The Gentiles. They were welcoming in people who might not have always conformed to the ways of Jewish thought at the time. They are welcoming in people who didn't convert before they started claiming Jesus. He's persecuting the people who are claiming Jesus at all, because it's not his worldview. It's not the way he imagined God to be. So all of that. Oh, the other thing that's important to know is there's also no name change. I want to make that really clear. Saul and Paul, C-H-A-N-G-E. Saul and Paul are the same names. Saul is the Hebrew version. Paul is the Greek version. So literally there's like one, one little spot in the, in the book of Acts where it changes. Where it says Saul departed on this journey. Paul started doing this. And it's the same person. There's no, there's no like God didn't change his name in this moment. More important than his name, he changed his heart. God, God turned Saul around to be able to see what was going on. So it begs the question for us. The more I do this, the more I realize how interconnected we are. What about you? What about us? What about the collective we in all of this? Who do we say Jesus is? If we were to say, Who are you to Jesus? Do we say that? Do we have to wonder when we see other people? Do we see the face of Christ in them? Do they see the face of face of Christ in us? Or are we so bound by a worldview that says, I'm right, therefore you can't be right? That we da- do damage to the children of God? Do we see Christ in other people? Do we see the actions of Christ in the world in such a way that we can recognize it as the work of Christ. Rich, poor, black, white, indigenous, Christian, non-Christian, people who can tell you everything about Jesus, people who can tell you very little about Jesus. Do we see Christ at work in them? And will they see Christ at work in us? So I think that's the challenge in front of all of us. It's the challenge in front of of our times. It's the challenge in front of ourselves as followers of Jesus. And it's never just about us. Us as individuals can only do so much. It's the old proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. In In order for us to not say, who are you in searching for Jesus... We have to be willing to see all the places where Jesus is at work in the world around us. And to see those places where things are happening that are very clearly not of Jesus either. We have to question the status quo on some things because the status quo has set, kept certain people on the sidelines. And there's no, there are no second class citizens in the kingdom of God. Uh, person at the event I was at this week told this story. We're talking about um, talking about uh, sacred ground, which is a, 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 a racial diversity uh, curriculum in the Episcopal Church. And we were talking some about that. And this lady stood up. She was a, a deputy from um, another deputy from the Diocese of Louisiana, not the one I mentioned earlier. And she told the story that she said I, I was driving in today or yesterday. It's was, it was Thursday afternoon. She's talking on Wednesday. About Wednesday, when she was arriving, she said, I I was arriving and I stopped to get a Diet Coke and a pack of gum just outside of here in Jasper, Alabama. I was the only black person in the store. And it was my turn in line, and the the cashier calls to her friend in the back, or his friend in the back, and says, I'm taking a break. April twenty seventh, two 2022. And and we can, those of us here can be like, Alabama, 657 miles away, but come on, man. And white person in line behind her (laughs) says, dude, there's still more of us in line. (laughs) So the guy rolled his eyes, came back rang her up and the only words he spoke to her was to tell her how much she owed and then when she got out of line and the white person was in line he said hi did you find everything you need today conscious unconscious we do this thing we all have this capability black white rich poor indigenous immigrant native born whatever we are we all have this capability to, to do that, to fail in that time. We all have that ability to not see the face of Christ in the person across from us. And then we get struck with light and have to say, who are you, Lord? Versus the disciples who can see it all around them and know that it's the face of Jesus standing there with them. So I hope I hope that we don't ever have to ask this question. Right, I hope that we can continue to pray for the scales to fall from our eyes in the same way they did for the Apostle Paul, Saul, and that we can continue to see the light of Christ in everyone we meet, and that we can be the light of Christ to everyone we encounter as well.